0: Hey friends! I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and animals that are important to you. You may have noticed this show is longer than shows of the past, and that's because I'm a person of my word. And when I said get ready for more, I meant it. So with this episode, not only are you getting our regularly scheduled interview segment, but you're getting two additional segments Rachel's chart chat with Rachel Hathaway, a.k.a. Rachel from Des Moines, and Tommy Tallahassee's TV segment. Yeah, exciting things are happening here at People Are the Enemy Tower. If this is your first time listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast, welcome. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I sincerely hope you love what you hear. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there is no Patreon set up for it, the only thing I've ever asked of listeners of this fine program is if you love the show and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality literature, uh, please consider purchasing one or two of my books. I'm the author of nine novels that are all currently available in both paperback and ebook formats worldwide via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find all nine of my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just type my last name, which is M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you find me on Google Play. If you prefer paperbacks, but you don't want to use Amazon, you can find most of my books in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. BN.com, if you're nasty. Now, if you've already purchased any or all of my novels in any format, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way... Here's the quirky theme song. the enemy listeners this is episode 215 of the people are the enemy podcast thank you so much for spending time with me thanks for checking this out this means so much and you've tuned into a fantastic episode our guest jason lambeth is no stranger to people are the enemy he's a long time friend of the podcast and i always feel so fortunate whenever jason's able to give us some of his time for those who don't know Jason Lambeth is the curator and owner behind Painted Blonde Tapes. He's a tireless musician and an exceedingly talented artist. He designed the cover of my 2020 novel, Where Are You Now, Randy Dow? So you know I'm a fan. Now, now today we're going to be talking with Jason about the forthcoming full length album by his band, Red Pants, titled When We Were Dancing which will be made available the week this podcast episode drops via Paisley Shirt Records. Now, if you're listening to this episode before February 18th, 2022, When We Were Dancing is available now for pre-order at Bandcamp. You can listen to two songs from the album over there, and Jason has graciously given me the permission to play my personal favorite song from When We Were Dancing on this very episode. So... If you're a fan of lo-fi, guitar-based, 90s-style indie rock, you're not going to be disappointed. Now I'm including a link to Red Pants' new album in the description of this episode, so please, please, please be sure to check that out, okay? Okay, right now, I want to talk with our friend Jason Lambeth. I've been dying to speak with him. I'm hoping he's there. Is is Jason Lambeth there? I'm here. That's him! Louis, we got him! Wait, ladies and gentlemen, we got him! He's there, Jason. Are you there? How are you, sir?
1: I'm I'm doing great. Okay, <laughs> how are you doing?
0: Good. <laughs> good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear your voice, buddy. You as well. Oh, right I on. Look right right forward on.
1: forward
0: to it. Very cool. Very cool, Jason. You're you're from Wisconsin. Are you in Wisconsin right now?
1: I am absolutely in Wisconsin. I'm in my basement, and it is so cold today.
0: <laughs> oh dear! What what is the temperature there in Wisconsin, approximately right now? Is it is it brutal?
1: Um, I'm gonna guess it's zero degrees. Really? Uh, yeah, we went out. We went out today to see some friends outside, um, and I, I came back, and I've been freezing all all day since then. And then, uh, following that, Elsa and I. Played some music in my basement, and it's cold down here. <laughs> it's just been—it's been a very
0: cold day. Oh so, dear, oh dear. Is, is the ground gonna, covered? Is the ground covered with snow out there in Wisconsin right now, Jason?
1: It's got a. There's a slight coverage. Yeah, we yeah. haven't had a ton of snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing like you guys have had. Um, but it's. It, we have a little bit of snow. It's just very. It's been very cold this year.
0: Yeah, we've we've had a very cold winter. Although I have to say, it was it was very peculiar in in that. A couple of weeks ago, it was like the single digits all week, and then it kind of gradually got a little bit warmer and a little bit warmer, and yesterday, Jason, it was like over 55 degrees and I was wearing a fall coat. I couldn't believe That's it. Nuts. That's nuts. I know! Nuts. It was very odd, but because we've had so much um, snow, as you mentioned, we got about nine inches, and then we've had some ice coverage, too. It was nice because things melted down, man, and it was good to see. That's awesome. Yeah. Jason, you am looking you're,
1: forward to that happening here someday.
0: I know. Sorry, I hope it someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's brutal where you are, man. Jason, you and I are, are talking the day before Valentine's Day. Do, do you and your family celebrate Valentine's Day?
1: Well, yeah, um, we we try.
0: Yeah. Now you, have, you have, <laughs> uh, go ahead.
1: I, we have. I mean, we have two daughters. Um, I got them some little treats at the grocery store this morning and tucked them away. Uh, my wife and I are actually taking off work on Tuesday, so we're going to go out because, okay, my kids had had been home, you know, because of COVID for forever, and we finally sent them back to school this January after they got vaccinated, and so because I work with I work with kids, we literally for two years um, have not had a moment together without some sort of you know children around so we were like oh valentine's day we should just take the day off but she has she has like a meeting that she has to go to so we're like the day after valentine's day we should take off and we're gonna have a few hours to ourselves and uh i think we're gonna celebrate by going and getting some some baked goods uh in madison and uh probably hit up a thrift store before our our kiddo gets home from 4k in the middle of the afternoon that sounds no, gonna like a be, great day. It's going to be our celebration. It's going to be a, it's going to feel amazing.
0: I, I bet. I bet. That's nice that you guys are doing that. That's nice that you had that, that thought that like, oh my God, you know, if, we, if you, you know, a lot of people forget to, to, to look back at how much time that they've been spending together due to all of this. You know what I mean? And it's important to yeah. take time for just the two of you. That's really sweet. I'm glad you're doing that.
1: Yeah. It's been a long time coming. So it's, you know, and uh, I, I guess the kids do go to bed at some point in the evening, you know, and. We get to watch our watch our programs in the evening, but it's not the same as going out and doing something together.
0: For sure, so. for sure. I hope you have a great day. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, Jason, Looking I want forward to it. Sorry, I bet you ahead.
0: are. No, that's okay. That's okay. I I wanted to talk, of course, about about the uh, the new full length album by your band Red Pants titled "When We Were Dancing." Uh, all these songs were performed and recorded uh, by yourself and Elsa Nicola. Uh, when yeah. did you meet Elsa and start working with her?
1: Um, how long have we known? I've known Elsa, I I don't remember, uh, maybe 2010-ish, 2011. Uh, She is, uh, I met her through a friend who she's now married to, uh, Wes Doyle. And um, so Wes and I were, uh, became friends way back when, around the same time, maybe a little bit before. uh, He had an amazing music project called slow loris and he put out an ad in craigslist for a drummer and elsa elsa answered the call and then you know several years later they ended up getting married and so that's when i i met her and um eventually i can't remember when we started playing together maybe 2014 or so i was looking for somebody to play drums um and she started playing, I mean, it was 2013. I'm sorry, my dates are all mashed together. Um, but we had already had our first daughter, and I sort of trailed off with playing. And she moved to Mississippi to do a writing program. And then uh, eventually she came back. they came back to Madison in, in 2018, I think. And that's when we started playing together again. And that's when I had started red pants and i was recording by myself uh, but she quickly jumped in and and we started playing together and started recording together in 2018 2019
0: very good now will this be the first red pants album that she's appeared on
1: no she was on the 2019 album distortion and snow okay and then and in 2020 we were able to we recorded some stuff just some basic tracks in January or February. Uh, And then, you know, the world shut down and I used what we had over the, like I sort of spread them out over a couple of EPs. I think we had four or five songs that we had recorded and I, uh, and I put like two on each EP that I, I released a couple of EPs in 2020.
2: Um, So she's, she's been
1: a part of almost every sort of major red pants release. Very In cool. In one way or another. Um, but this is the first one that she's singing on, and I'm just blown away and and just loved having her sing on it so much.
0: Right on, right on.
1: I, I tell everybody she is the MVP of this album, 100%. Very cool. That's sure. very
0: generous of you. Very, very <laughs> cool. Yeah. Jason, as I, as I mentioned, you have your own DIY tape label, Painted Blonde, uh, but... When we were dancing is being released through the San Francisco label Paisley Shirt Records. How did this come about?
1: Um, well, we can we can thank COVID. <laughs> I, I, like I just felt at some point um, in twenty twenty, uh, I just couldn't keep up uh, doing doing the label and wanting to do my own art and music, and also having two kids that were home uh, homeschooling and and doing my job. So the The label was kind of the first thing to go, um, and so I just said, "Well, you know, maybe someday I'll come back to it." And I was, and I was talking to Kevin from Paisley Shirt about it, and you know, through some texts or messengers, and um, and he said, "Well, you know, Red Pants has a home on Paisley Shirt if you ever want to release something." And I said, well, <laughs> "Are you crazy? Of course I do." Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I think that was a that was kind of fall like late fall 2020 and um and then early 2021 i reached out and said I, I think i've got a good group of songs that i can start recording and and get something to you by the spring of 2021 um, that's a, an and excellent said, yeah let's fit. go for
0: it that's an excellent fit i was i was familiar with paisley shirt records before you announced that the next red pants album was going to be on that label and i i know of like flower town and I know yeah. hits from them, and uh, and I was just like, "Holy crap! That just makes way too much sense." That's such a great fit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when I started up Painted Blonde, I discovered uh, Kevin pretty early on, and um, I, he was just, it was such an inspiration. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ordered a tape through him, but I haven't. I
0: I've only ever bought music digitally via Bandcamp through. Uh, gotcha. Music.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, he would. Yeah, you know, he sends like a bonus tape with it, and. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, when he had more time, he would put in collages and stuff, and oh, so and it was cool. very similar to what I was doing with Painted Blonde. It was eerily like, okay, like this, you know, this just makes sense. And um, so I was just, I, I'm just thrilled that he he asked me asked me to be a part of it.
0: That's great. It must. Does it feel nice to, to sort of like. The work, as far as the promo, a lot of the promotional work is now on somebody else's shoulders, so to speak, and the PR work.
1: Yeah, uh, Kevin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, he's doing a great job. You know the write up for the
1: like,
0: the write up the new album looks great, and uh, yeah, obviously he knows what he's doing for sure. You're, yeah, the, you're in good hands.
1: I I just could never. That was one side of thing the the label thing that I never did well, and he his write ups are so great. for yeah. every release I. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it must be very flattering. It's nice. Yeah, he's a he's a good writer. He's doing the right thing there. Speaking of writing, Jason did you did you write all the songs for When We Were Dancing, or was it collaborative between you and Elsa?
1: Um, I wrote all the songs. Uh, like most of them were already written when we got together to record it. Because I I kind of wrote and recorded it once by myself in the spring and had it completely done but then we got vaccinated both of us got vaccinated and we were like i think we can start jamming together and and i knew as soon as we got together in the same room and played these songs together they were going to sound so much better with her Mm -hmm. um so i kind of scrapped the original recording and told kevin to give me like an extra month (laughs) if you know like can can i have an extra month to like redo this and and uh, and he was very generous and uh, put up with me, like basically re-recording the album with Elsa. Um, so yeah, I I wrote the songs and um, and they were pretty well, like pretty much done when I came came in with uh, came to Elsa with them and she she did her thing and I mean the shock was that I gave her I basically gave her the music and gave her. Uh, my computer that we recorded everything on and said like, Hey, would you put some backing vocals? And she said, yes. And then she brought back, you know, full vocals on songs. And it was just like laying in bed, listening to those the first time was, was something, uh, you know, I, I, a memory I hope I never, never lose. Like it was just kind of mind blowing. Like, why haven't we done this before?
0: (laughs) That's great. What a good feeling.
1: Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um,
0: Decent. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. What were your influences for this new album, musically? What What were you listening to around the time that you were <laughs> writing these songs and and, uh, and recording this music? Oh,
1: that's, I mean, that's...
0: I know you listen know. to a lot of stuff, and you put out, yeah, like, your your top ten I mean, of the of, year. That's yeah. always something we look forward to. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say my, my
1: favorite album of last year was the Special Friend album. Yes. Um, And that's a... Which is pretty cool, because it's, it's a duo with... A, a guy on guitar and a, and I mean, it's kind of similar to what we do, a mm-hmm. uh, guy on guitar and a, and a female on drums and they're both singing. And so that was, that was really inspiring. Um, just, I, I, I want to say like that kind of pushed me to ask Elsa to sing even. Sure. Um, but, I don't know that it's like really reflective in this batch of songs, but I've been listening to you know more shoegaze bands like Ride and Slow Dive that I'd really never listened to in the past. yeah, um, you know, just I mean they are kind of obvious touchstones that I don't know how I missed, yeah <laughs> yeah, It's like, how am I never listened to Slow Dive? Oh my god, they're they're really good. yes um, yeah,
0: that, uh, what is it? Solvaki is a great yeah. great album, my goodness.
1: yeah. And, uh, and, or Sluvaki uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah even their even their uh, their album that they came back with just recently yeah the there was one a few years, a few so. years back yeah, I, think. I, yeah. I thought that was an amazing album to take that long of a break and then come back I know that they've been playing music forever on other projects but
0: yeah yeah I recall that album yeah I, I believe I reviewed it um, are there are there any plans to play these songs live
1: no there's not um i think i don't know i think we're just kind of sticking as sticking together as a, like a recording project um I, it, it might be different if you know if hopefully covid kind of goes away yeah. <laughs> and, and uh if we got if we got a show that was at like four in the afternoon somewhere that, <laughs> that might be nice
0: <laughs> maybe to could do like a coffee house <laughs> or something
1: this yeah, this is I mean, this is just the plight of being over forty. Is I don't like <laughs> I don't want to stay out yeah you know, on a Thursday night, um, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I get up early in the morning and I if I lose if I lose that much sleep I just I don't even have to drink and I feel hungover. You, know?
0: <laughs> you so, and I were, you and I were talking about that before we started recording. I was mentioning uh, listeners how. Uh, Jason and I are very much yeah. I I am in the same camp. I am uh I am in my late forties, and uh, yeah, we are very much on the same schedule. And I feel like whenever I text Jason, he's right there. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I, we, I think we're the only two people awake at this hour. And, and then, moreover, Jason's Jason's an hour earlier than me, so he's up even earlier. So it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm uh I'm an early riser. I, you, yeah. He is. Um. So. We have, we've, we've filmed some stuff. Um, we filmed like, a, I kind of pieced together maybe like a live session. I'm thinking about posting on YouTube and like making it like a little premiere. So maybe we could, you know, have like a little chat going or something. Um, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I just got to kind of finish putting that together. Um, yeah, I think it turned out okay. Uh, yeah. So that, that, in lieu of doing like a, a live show, or or anything i might post that on youtube
0: (laughs) very cool very cool jason as you mentioned there's a there was a considerable amount of time between when uh, this new album was completed and its ultimate release was it nerve-wracking for you to to have to wait so long for when we were dancing to come out
1: um i think it was just kind of hard i'm so used to finishing something and kind of putting it out there pretty quickly yeah um, it was kind of hard to sit on it and, um uh, uh, you know, it was hard not to share the songs cause I'm, I'm really proud of this album. I think it's the best thing that, you know, I've been a part of. And, um, so, you know, I just kind of wanted to share, share it with people. Sure. Was, um, you know, like the night before it going, just the pre-order going up, I was, pretty nervous like okay like what if if i'm I'm all wrong on this one and it's not as good as i i feel that it is but um yeah that's the only time i felt nervous you know i
0: I don't think you're alone in that as a person you know who creates things myself it's uh yeah you always get that apprehension and then i suppose you just kind of have to like cover your eyes and like jump off with both feet and just say here it is it's done (laughs) you know But I I absolutely, I can absolutely empathize with that feeling. Jason, where did the title of this new album come from?
1: That's a good question. Um, I kind of just keep running, like, a really long list in my notes app uh, of titles. Uh, Like, I have one that's, you know, deemed album title list and a song title list. Uh, I I don't know if I just happened to kind of work, I worked the, the words into a song, um, this uh, song in, was in the passing time uh i kind of worked them in into that and i thought well they make they, they made the appearance in the in the song <laughs> uh i think it'll be a good a good album title plus i had all these clippings for the album cover with the with the young couple dancing um and i it just kind of all went together uh pretty pretty easily yes like I've been I've been sitting on all those clippings for a long time, so like several years. I, yeah. I think, uh, and so it was kind of nice to finally have a, a place to put them.
0: Very cool. For folks who, who who don't know, Jason does a lot of collage work, and I assume that's what we're referring to here, Jason, as far as the yes. the cover collages. And I've always kind of alluded to whenever I think of Jason's work, it always harkens back in my mind to the, like the cover art for like Guided by Voices releases, where a lot of a lot of collage style work. On their releases, uh, and and if you and what I'm going to do is is make sure to include an Instagram where you can check out Jason's artwork, and I sincerely, I sincerely uh, uh, hope you do because uh, it's wonderful, especially if you're a fan of collage work, and to see Jason and what he does, and to see his exacto knife hand, it's unreal when you see <laughs> him him uh, this this the articulation. In order to get you know into every single nook and cranny of like these old photographs from magazines, it's it's very impressive, and it's time lapse. So don't you know you're you're seeing <laughs> he's you know he's not going to make <laughs> yeah. you he's not going to wait. You're not believe me. I understand. It's this is the culture we live in right now. Things are fast, fast, fast.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta cut it down to under a minute, Andy,
0: or nobody's gonna stay. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But so fear not, folks. Jason has done that for you. He's he's a very good editor. He's very good at uh, everything he does. Is in house, I should say. It, everything um up to this point now it's he's he's handing some things over obviously to paisley shirt who's doing a great job but uh That's yeah true. Yep. jason uh and so jason does so much of his stuff in-house it's very impressive and he's like i said tireless and uh very very talented um jason do, do you imagine i mean the title is when we were dancing do you do you imagine people dancing to this new red pants album i don't know
1: that it's very danceable yeah <laughs> i mean there's some uh you know, we, we... Uh we hate the. we don't know that the term really applies but it's kind of pop punky i guess at times um uh I, I think a lot of maybe 2000s bands sort of ruined that that genre term yeah it's unfortunate but... isn't
0: it that moniker is kind of like yeah it's kind of been tainted it, hasn't I, it?
1: I, I feel like it is very poppy but uh also and i have kind of a, a a punky vibe on a on a couple of songs um yeah, I don't I don't know that I don't know that it's really like the most dance oriented music ever. Do you um, do you like to dance? I, I think of,
0: do you dance, Jason that? do you dance, Jason?
1: Um, I enjoy I enjoy moving my moving my feet here and there. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Dance around the house a little bit. Um <laughs> uh I was gonna say I, I imagine like did you ever what was that This is Forty with Paul Rudd in it? Oh yeah, um, sure. When he was sort of dancing to the nineties nineties music. Uh, I, I feel like that's kind of the kind of dancing that you would be able to do to my music.
0: It's so funny that you mentioned that I was literally thinking of of that movie today and it wasn't for any other reason other than I'm a big fan of Phil Hendry. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but he's in that movie and he beats up Paul Rudd on the bike. Do you remember that scene? (laughs) No, I don't. There's, there's Um. a scene where I think it's like Phil Hendry opens his car door and like Paul Rudd hits the car. I, I, maybe something like that. And then, he beats up Paul, poor Paul Rudd. But uh, yeah, and I was listening to Phil Hendry today, and he was talking about his acting career, and it was like, oh yeah, he was in This Is Forty. I forgot about that. Anyway, I yeah, I but, uh, need to watch it again. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good flick. It's long. I remember it being long.
1: Yeah, I think Judd Apatow seemed to kind of stretch things out there. <laughs> like the more, the more popularity he gained, I think maybe he just felt like he could just keep stretching things out longer and longer
0: yeah but i suppose it's more bang for your buck it's not like you don't pay for the movie by length so
1: that's true yeah that's true
0: so thank you thank you judd apatow yeah you bet give us a little more right on jason (laughs) as as i mentioned in your introduction i'd I'd asked you if, if it was okay for me to play my favorite song from when we were dancing during this episode and you graciously gave me permission to thank you again for that I'd like to I'd like to play the song All Your Pink Stars right now for our listeners. Is there anything you'd like to say about the song before I play it?
1: Um I got I don't know. I got nothing. Oh, this was well, this was a song cuz I originally, you know, recorded the album by myself and I couldn't make it work by myself, so if if we had released the album how it was uh, you know, my little four track uh, Jason and Solo, Red Pants version. This wouldn't have been on it. So um, having Elsa really, really kind of brought the brought the song into full scope. I guess you could say. Very cool. But, uh, yeah.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. So, uh, Jason, if you don't mind, I'm going to take you off the speaker, and then I'll play all your Pink Stars from the new album, When We Were Dancing, by Red Pants, which is available again. If you're listening. Before Friday, what the 8th i I'm looking back at the calendar. Friday the 18th. If you're listening prior to then, you can pre-order the album right now. You, you you'll get two songs uh, you can check out at the Bandcamp, and this third song, obviously, that I'm playing, that's exclude. I suppose it in a way, it's an exclusive. Oh yes, it's a worldwide debut. It's, it's here. a worldwide. We should have a sound effect. You know, worldwide <laughs> exclusive. No, nothing like that. This is a. It's, that's too technical for the show. If you saw the setup, Jason, you would you would probably hang up right away and say, "This is I'm disgusted." This is so, <laughs> no, no, whatever. we do the best we can, Jason, we do the best we can. I'm going to play All Your Pink Stars, again, by the band Red Pants. Our guest is Jason Lambeth. The new album is called When We Were Dancing. Jason, I'm going to take you off speaker, I'm going to play the song, and we'll come back and finish up, all right? Sounds good. Okay, very good. I'm gonna. If I hang up on you, I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. Okay, so without further ado, here is All Your Pink Stars by Red Pants you uh. was all your pink stars by the band red pants the new album is called when we were dancing again you can get it right now or you can pre-order it right now depending on when in the week you're listening to this song our guest is jason lambeth jason thank you so so much for letting me play that song i really love it and uh and uh, I, I feel very honored that you would uh give me permission to play it on the show today and and that you would come on the show and talk with me today this is so special jason uh, my pleasure andy Oh, buddy, you Anytime. you are the best, Jason. What what's what's the plan for the rest of twenty twenty two for for Jason Lambeth, Red Pants?
1: Is it um, the end of
0: Painted Blonde? Are we gonna what, what's going to happen?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I, I, yeah, I, I think if you know if if I want to do a, a release my own sort of thing, I might you know I might resurrect it for that. Um, I mean, I I just don't have the time to search out new bands and. You know, do all the PR stuff. Um, so, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it's on hiatus uh, for the foreseeable future. You know, and uh, and we'll we'll see. Um, I never say never on it. You know. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, Elsa and I have been pretty much since we finished recording this. We've been practicing almost uh, every couple of weeks. We've been getting together, uh, which is kind of about as much as we can do with. Uh, full-time adults (laughs) living living life as adults Uh, but it's it's been awesome just to practice and uh, we've got plenty of material for for more recordings I think we're kind of started started messing around actually recording in my basement on the four track doing something just completely different from from this album so hopefully uh, we can do something with that this year later in the year
0: very cool. Uh-huh. Very
1: cool. So that's that's sort of the 2022 plan for now.
0: I like it. I like it, listeners. I'm gonna make sure to um, link everything in the description of this sh- of this episode. So I want you to please check out Jason's music, check out Jason's Instagram, check out Red Pants, and uh, and enjoy. And, and, and uh, Jason Lambeth, thank you so so much again. It was great talking with you.
1: Thanks so much, Andy. I appreciate
0: it. No problem. No problem at all. Uh, Right now, we're going to check out a brand new segment on the People Are the Enemy podcast called Rachel's Chart Chat with Rachel Hathaway, a.k.a. Rachel from Des
3: Moines. Here it is! Hello to all the listeners of People Are the Enemy. When Andy asked if I was available to do a segment for his show, I threw out music as a possible topic, and he did not say no, which is very, very kind of him. Uh, Since you're a listener and probably a friend, you know that this is true that Andy's a very kind person, optimistic, lots of great ideas. We actually met through the best show fandom. Um, There's a lot of great people in that bunch. Maybe sometimes a little it could be a little prickly or a little rough around the edges, but I think most almost everybody that I've interacted with is good people. And most of us seem to have serious opinions about music. And I am no opinion no different. Uh, For me, I was born in 1980, and uh, my parents raised me on the oldies music, which at that time was like late 50s, when the rock and roll era started, the 60s, and some early 70s. That was what our oldies radio stations seemed to play, and that's what my mom played in the car and in the house, and since I was the oldest kid, I didn't really question it. I just kind of went along with whatever she was playing. I was just quite happy, and my brother was too, I think, to listen to her music. It was not quite a blast from the past scenario. Uh, Once I went to kindergarten and I would ride the bus to school, they would play more of a top 40 hot hits type of station. And I actually have a very vivid memory of hearing Stacey Q's Two of Hearts on the bus. And it was just so different than anything I'd really heard before, so it stuck in my mind. And I listened to kind of just normal pop hits radio top 40 station uh, until about sixth grade. And then I started getting into 70s music, and then classic rock in general. And then in high school, I started listening to some 80s pop. So all the stuff that I missed when I was, you know, a toddler preschooler, (laughs) whatever that was going on in the in the early 80s. So that that brings me to the topic that I want to talk about for my music segment, which is listening to the top 40 countdowns from the 70s and 80s that you can hear on Sirius XM radio. And I I do believe that some terrestrial stations also carry uh, old replays of these top 40 countdowns from those decades. Uh, The the Sirius also has a 60s countdown, I think the top 30 songs, and the 90s station has the the back-in-the-day replay with downtown Julia Brown. And uh, I dip in on those sometimes, but 70s and 80s is my bread and butter. So I want to talk to you about these different countdowns. And the 80s on A1 is done by the VJs. They've hired uh, this original class of MTV VJs, and they right now have Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter that do the countdown. You know, they're recording it in the present day. So if it's, you know, an early 80s chart and they have a song from Madonna it's not like, oh, who's this unknown gal out of New York City? It's like, you know, they, they can say, oh, this is her first hit of however many umpteen. Uh, and by contrast, the 70s on 7 station will run actual old countdown shows from presented by Casey Kasem. And I think that's what the terrestrial radio stations are doing. And that's packaged as the American Top 40, uh, which is a show that's still going today. And I believe Ryan Seacrest hosts it now. So it's just interesting versus uh, hearing like a snapshot of a time in the 70s versus kind of the more modern perspective. Um, And occasionally a a pet peeve is when they will compare somebody from an 80s chart to an an artist from now. And I'm just like, don't even mention, we're we're not listening to this to hear about people from now. We want to hear about these 80s artists. And so you can listen to this top 40. And then what what also I like to do is uh, go out to the Billboard website and you can actually pull up the full Hot 100 chart from that week in whatever year. And uh, Billboard is, of course, it's an industry publication. And so there's some stuff on the site that is, you know, for subscribers or, you know, quote unquote paywalled. But I think it is pretty cool they let you look at those old charts. And so you get a lot of information in those pages. You see, you know, what it was last week, how many weeks it's been on the chart, if it's moving up or down the chart. Um, it's pretty nice. What I do is... Whenever they play the show, find out what you know week that was, and find that on the website, and then go out to Spotify and kind of create a playlist of that hundred songs or the most you can out of what's available. And uh, I don't want to get into a discussion on Spotify, but you could easily do this on your Apple Music or Title. Uh, I did one '80s week on spot on YouTube using the uh, videos and really a large number of songs in the Hot 100 had made a, vid- had a video made for them. So last week the Sirius XM ran a chart from early February of 1971. And this is an interesting time because you sort of come to learn uh, you, know, you know that there's not these defined decades that start and stop on the new year of every 10 years. So when you look at the artists and the songs and the genres that were in this chart, the 60s were definitely still hanging around in early 1971. So you've got a lot of soul. you got R&B. You've got a lot of Motown. You've got songs with, you know, funk elements. You still have Elvis on the chart. You've got pop, rock and roll, like psychedelic stuff. And then, you know, crooners and just stuff for the squares. I'll just... And there's even some country. I don't, I'm i not counting country among what's for the squares. That's just put in its own genre. So I'm just going to tell you about a few of the songs that are on this Hot 100 chart that I think are cool worth knowing about that i personally liked or just wanted to comment on the guess who hang on to your life i think everybody probably knows at least a couple guess who songs american woman was a huge song hang on to your life just another good hit by them uh we have two different covers of led zeppelin's whole lot of love the first one is a sax cover by King, king curtis and then there was also another one by the group ccs and I recommend the site Secondhand Songs if you like researching covers and what bands did covers of other songs. There's also two uh, versions of the theme from Love Story. The, the movie Love Story was out around this time and the soundtrack was a huge hit as the movie was. Curtis Mayfield has a song that's notable, I think, for the title and the lyrics. It's in parentheses, don't worry, close parentheses, if there's a hell below, we're all going to go. Bread is on the charts with a rather harder rocking song than we think of from them called Let Your Love Go. Uh, not to be confused with the Bellamy Brothers' Let Your Love Flow. Jerry, country singer Jerry Reed has a pretty funky song called Amos Moses, which is about this guy that lives in the bayous and catches alligators, and it's really funky. I definitely recommend that one. Uh, Santana's Black Magic Woman is on the chart, which is fa- uh, off the album Abraxas, which was famously... Uh, not ordered by Larry Gopnik in A Serious Man. Uh, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song uh, was released as a single in the United States. And I think a lot of places around the world, but it's not released as a single in the UK. Uh, I looked it up and it got up to number 16. It was in the crack of the top 40 this week, but it gets up to number 16 eventually. Judy Collins' version of Amazing Grace is on the chart. I know that song from, you know, growing up and going to church, but I think it is a really beautiful version that could be appreciated you know, even if you're not religious, just because her voice is so pretty. Gordon Lightfoot has If You Could Read My Mind. I think that's another just really beautiful, heartbreaking song. The band Rare Earth, which was uh, one of the f- f- few white acts on the Motown label. Uh, they have a great song called Born to Wander on the chart this week. You may know them from I Just Want to Celebrate. Uh, so far, listeners will like to know that Steven Stills' Love the One You're With uh, was on the chart this week. And that's from the album with the giraffe on the cover. The Fifth Dimension chart this week with One Less Bell to Answer with lead vocal by Marilyn McCoo. I definitely recommend to watch the Summer of Soul documentary if you've never seen that. That came out this summer. It's on Hulu now. It's a nominated for an Oscar. The BGS are on the chart with the song Lonely Day. And I really love when they're on these pre-1977 charts because you can just feel like, oh man, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> And George Harrison had a double A-side single with My Sweet Lord and Isn't It a Pity. On the show, he actually played Isn't It a Pity. And I think it's the flip side is really, really good, too. Everybody knows My Sweet Lord, but Isn't It a Pity is a really beautiful song, too. And I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it was saying that he had tried to pitch it to the Beatles since 1966. Which surprised me because it seemed like it was almost written in response to the breakup of the Beatles. But that's not correct. But it really fits. the, The lyrics fit with that. And the number one song this week is Knock Three Times by Tony Orlando and Dawn. And if you ever wanted to know, Dawn is actually two women. It's a backup vocal group. And one of the women is Telma Hopkins. And she went on to be on Gimme a Break with Nell Carter. And she also played Aunt Rachel on Family Matters. And the other singer in Dawn is a woman named Joyce Vincent Wilson. Thanks so much for listening to a little bit of look at the 1971 Billboard Hot 100 chart. And back to you, Andy.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Nice, very cool. Uh, I, I'm sure I talked about this on the podcast before. I had a cousin who was uh, who was very into the charts, and uh, literally, we were like little boys, and he would he would sit uh, on his uh, bedroom floor and with a notebook. And we'd listen to Casey Kasem's Top Forty, and my cousin would like write down every song and just keep a keep a notebook full of uh, all the um, all the music being played at that time. And at that time, we were we were little man. It was the eighties, yeah, good times. And I'm sure that uh, probably in part had something to do with my uh, love of music. Uh, speaking of 1971, I know Rachel mentioned 1971. This is something I've been listening to. I'm going to play it in the background here. You know, check this out. Just so happens that this album came out in '71. I've been digging this Serge Gainsbourg. This is from a History Day Melody Nelson. I'm sure I'm butchering that. I don't speak French, nor do I understand it, as I'm sure the lyrics are filthy. <laughs> but knowing what I know about Serge Gainsbourg, but this is um, this is Cargo Cult. And it's from the uh, Super Deluxe Edition. And it's purely instrumental. But uh, just amazing uh, music. And he had this whole thing with the, uh, the rock band and uh, the orchestration, too. I don't know if this number has the orchestration on it. I think this is like a bonus bonus cut on the uh, this Deluxe Edition. But just so good. And I know if I stop talking over it, I have a fear of, like... Getting a letter from Libson saying, you know, you can't use this
1: this music.
0: You're not authorized to. I you can hear something there. Beautiful stuff, though. Yeah, I recommend it if you like that. And it was funny. I was listening to this album and I was like, I know, know that. I know that. I know that uh, I, I know that uh, that, uh, that riff there. I know what that that is and. and it was uh, it was sampled from a, a on a De La Soul album. It was from De La Soul Is Dead. I don't remember the the track specifically, the name of the track, but uh, yeah, they lifted something directly from the Serge Gainsbourg album. And of course, it's fantastic, you know, just uh, the beat, the groove, very cool. I'm gonna fade that out, and we've got uh, one more segment for you before we finish up for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This is a, this is a jam-packed show, and I'm very, very fortunate to have folks assisting as far as these segments are concerned. And fortunately, we've got we've got Tommy Tallahassee's TV segment, and I'm and I'm thankful, if only because I am not a TV person at all, at all. You know what I mean? But I know people people love it. People love television, and and people keep up to up to date as far as what's new and happening in TV and they're a fan of the old shows, they're a fan of the new shows. As a younger person, sure, I watched a lot of older TV, but um but yeah, I am I, um, I am not I am not a, a "quote unquote" a, a TV watcher. <laughs> TV watcher. I like weird movies, that's it. And I like Peacemaker. <laughs> that's, that's my show. That's the one I watch right now. And as soon as that's gone, I don't know what I'll do. All right. Let's just hear a little bit more of this before we Yeah. Get it! Listen to that. Alright. Here is, uh. Here is, uh. Tommy Tallahassee's TV segment.
1: Darling, you really must keep in touch. Only there is hibernate you, know. <laughs> cassette, air-conditioned. it's This is practically impossible, So It's got a baby. I'm a buddy, You have heard of the Hope document. Oh, yes, I know about that. I've been found a
3: house. came from the ice puddle.
1: We were watching TV. Watching TV. We were, videos, anyway. we were watching TV. We were
2: watching, watching TV. Diameter. It's fine, Mama. Welcome to the juice box jam are ready. How's the It's the T-O-M-M-Y-T-A-L-L-A-S-S-A-H-Y. Why? Because somebody else had the correct spelling of Tallahassee on Twitter. So it is your bud, Tommy Tallahassee with The Wise, and we are here to talk about watching TV. Now, as you may or may not know, I am the world's foremost expert on television sitcoms, 1975 to present. Uh, But the other day, I decided on Twitter that I would uh, open this up to you, the people, uh, and ask you what you felt were the uh, best sitcoms uh, episodes of all time. Not the shows, And I specifically said that. It doesn't have to be the best show you've ever seen. Uh, or a show that you've loved all the way through, but just the specific episodes of uh, sitcoms that you loved. And I opened this up to uh, animated series, too, like The Simpsons and King of the Hill, even though uh, uh, in real life I don't consider those to be actual sitcoms. Uh, Just regular, you know, they're cartoons. I like them. I like King of the Hill. I like The Simpsons uh, seasons 1 through 8, but I don't like, uh, I don't consider them sitcoms. But anyways, here is the, uh, I got about, Uh, let me look here, 12 episodes that uh, people suggested, and I sat here and I watched them all, which is something I like to do anyways, and they were all pretty good, but I'm gonna knock this down to a top five list of all of these episodes, so here you go. Uh, Number five was an episode of Cheers that was suggested to me. It was season one, episode five, Coach's Daughter. Uh, It's an episode where Coach, uh, as you know, uh, the other bartender and uh, Sam Malone's former coach with the Boston Red Sox. Kind of a scatterbrained guy, but lovable. His daughter comes to visit. Uh, she's dating a real sleazeball uh, suit salesman. Uh, he's only dating her because she, he thinks that she, he can get a promotion to a better territory to sell door-to-door suits from her. And she's only marrying him because she feels like uh, she's too ugly and no one else is going to marry her. Uh, the jokes were pretty good. I enjoyed uh, a lot of these sitcoms, you know, at least the new ones. There's no heart left in it. It's just supposed to be like comedy, comedy, comedy. And uh, this one had a lot of heart. You can uh, honestly tell uh, why this show won so many Emmys. And that's why it ended up being our uh, number five. Number four was an episode of Frasier that was suggested to us called RDWER, which was supposed to be Road Warrior. The joke was uh, uh, Martin, Frazier and Niles' father, uh, buys a Winnebago and got personalized plates that said that, and no one really knows that it means Road Warrior, uh, because it it really doesn't spell out anything uh, like that, but it was the best that he could do. Uh, The episode takes place, it is New Year's Eve. Uh, The boys' favorite restaurant burns down, Uh, Frazier and Niles meaning the boys'. Their favorite restaurant burns down that they were supposed to have their New Year's Eve plans at, so now they're left planless, which, uh, for those two guys, you know, is a big deal. They they have to be at the greatest celebrations, but then they remembered that their wine club was also having a New Year's thing that they had passed on, but they can't get flights at this time because of the travel, so they decide to get in the Winnebago with their dad and go out there, some hijinks and sue, uh... At one point, Niles thinks he has been kidnapped because he got into the wrong uh, Winnebago at a truck stop and rides off with uh, uh, a nice fan favorite of ours, the lady who played Faye on Wings, uh, is the on it, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. We listed it as number four. I think I enjoyed this more than most episodes of Frasier because I do not care for Daphne and her uh, English accent, so that's why I really don't get into Frasier, but it was a good one, so I listed it at four. Uh, number three was Chuckles Bites at the Dust from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, it was one of the funniest episodes of an older TV show I think I've ever seen. Uh, basically Ted Baxter, played by Ted Knight, uh, is supposed to be the Grand Marshal in a, uh, parade with the circus, uh, but Lou tells him he can't because it's beneath the dignity of the station. So Chuckles the Clown, also from the station, uh, gets to be the Grand Marshal, and, uh, He dressed up like one of his characters of Peter Peanut uh, and an elephant stomped on him while trying to eat him and killed him. Uh, And you learn a little bit about uh, like Gallo's humor, which is something that I've always used. And I know that a lot of people used when tragedy uh, happens and you make jokes out of it so that you don't feel terrible uh, and to get through it. And it was a a nice heartfelt explanation of that. That's why it came in at number three. Uh, Number two was a beer can named desire an episode of king of the hill that came on uh it is a a wonderful episode hank uh wins a contest well technically so alamo beer has a contest that uh you can win a trip to the super bowl in new orleans and you can uh, either throw a football through a 10-foot aluminum beer can or you can uh and win a million dollars or You can win $100,000 if you allow uh, former Dallas Cowboys great Dandy Don Meredith to throw the ball for you. Uh, It's the first episode of The King of the Hill where uh, Bill's cousin, Gilbert Dautrive, comes on, probably my favorite uh, secondary character on the the whole show. Uh, He's just great. There's a lot of great lines he uses. Uh, Real top-notch, especially in the animation department. And uh, speaking of animation... I tried to watch an episode of BoJack Horseman that was uh, suggested to me, and boy, uh, my dislike of Will Arnett knows no bounds. I couldn't make it through five minutes of that. The same thing happened with uh, the Top Banana episode of Arrest Development, which is very good, and I actually enjoyed it, but it didn't make the top uh, five because I I don't like Will Arnett. Uh, But I did watch it, and it was good. The same with the Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld, the Marge vs. the Monorail episode of... uh, The Simpsons I also had. The fight episode of Parks and Rec, which these are all uh, the ones that were suggested and honorable mentions. uh, I also thought was a great episode, but it didn't crack. And Here is the, uh, according to me, uh, the world's foremost expert on sitcoms, as I mentioned before. This is the, it's, it's not, there's not a lot of heart to this one. I know I mentioned that I like when some of them have heart and this one doesn't, but it's probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Uh, on a sitcom. It is an episode of King of the Queens, uh, a CBS sitcom that ran from, like, 98 to 2006 or something around there. Um, but in this episode, uh, it begins where uh, Doug's in the kitchen. He, Him and Deacon are talking. They're going to go to Atlantic City. Uh, so he starts to take money out of their, like, money jar that they keep on top of the refrigerator for, like, emergencies, and Carrie sees them. Asked what he's doing, and when he explains it, he says, no, you're not going to go gamble away our money. I think they were betting on a football game in Atlantic City, but you're not going to go gamble away our money or whatever. Uh, It's for emergencies, blah, blah, blah. So he sneaks it and takes it anyways. They go, and they win $5,000, so it's uh, $2,500 a piece. But uh, right after they win it, Doug uh, Doug realizes he can't tell Carey that he won this money because... uh, He's not supposed, he wasn't supposed to have taken the money in the first place. And Deacon, uh, his friend, is currently getting a divorce. And he's afraid that if he says he has this money, that his uh, now ex-wife is going to take it. So they have to spend an afternoon uh, both blowing uh, $2,500 a piece. Uh, so they just start doing dumb shit, just spending money, buying stuff that they know. Like, you can't really have anything that they can show for it that she has any money. At one point, uh, Arthur Spooner, Carrie's dad, comes home. Uh, sees that they have all this cash on the table and he wants in Uh, and then they just start doing a bunch of dumb stuff but the funniest part of it and I don't know if I'm explaining it where it's in a funny way but I would suggest you go watch it uh, is at one point they're almost out of money and they hire Eddie Money to come to their house and play music but because they only have so much money left he only will play Shaken but he plays Shaken like 45 times in a row and uh, to me there was nothing funnier than that well, I hope you enjoyed our uh, little segment here on uh, the, be- the five best sitcom episodes that have ever been made. I hope you will go out and watch them. Uh, you can reach out me- to me on Twitter at Tommy Tallahassee. That's T O M M Y T A L L A S S A H Y. Tommy Tallahassee on Twitter. Thank you guys, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Goodbye.
0: Thank you, Tommy Tallahassee. You know, I remember that episode of Cheers with Coach's daughter. I remember seeing that as a younger person when I used to watch TV. (laughs) And uh, I remember being, like, sincerely touched because there's this this moment between Coach's daughter, who considers herself unattractive, and Coach. And uh, she is, like, basically there's this, this moment where she's, opening up to her father and saying all these things about how she knows she's unattractive and that her mother was unattractive. And Coach says something like "like how beautiful her mother was to him and how she got more and more beautiful with each passing day. And I remember being, like, sincerely touched by that. Like, so much so that, gee, that I mean, that episode is probably over 40 years old. Or close to it, and uh, I still remember that scene very well. There's some good in TV. There really is. I believe you have to. You really have to wade through a lot of junk, though, to find the good. And thank, thank you, Tommy Tallahassee, for wading through the junk for us. Uh, anyway, this has been episode 215 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at PizzaPuppies.Bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel Hathaway. Thank you, Tommy Tallahassee. And of course, thank you, Jason Lambeth and Red Pants. We love you. Peace.